Where did I get this mic at? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I think I got this from Sweetwater. They make a wireless plug? They call me like every week now, by the way. Oh. <laughs> no, that was the string swing for my guitar. Like you just hang it up on the wall. And they, I was like twelve ninety nine, and they call me every week. Not every week, but like every month. They're like, hey, what are you doing with your audio needs this year? I'm like, give me a break here. So I am... Quit calling me. <laughs> yeah, can I be? So I'm here with the Mattress King, Ryan Ferris, owner of Mattress King in Oklahoma. And I had to pop on the microphone real quickly because we talked maybe a month ago. And I think I had mentioned, hey, are you a nationwide member? And you said no. And I popped into your store today. And now you are. What's up? Oh, well, forgive me. I forget the gentleman's name, but they are, uh, they've been very persistent. And I hate being sold stuff, but they always try to sell me. And he was a nice guy. I like him a lot. And he uh, decided to show me the cost benefit. He showed me some of the rates with the financing. And then I said, well, it's going to be worth it. And he also threw in the Maloof deal, of 2 to 3% discount. And, and depending on what you buy. And we started doing the math. And it was going to be a savings. Uh, Maybe it could be upwards of, you know, $2,500 to $4,000 a year on the benefit side after the you paid for the cost. So it was worth it, you know. So finally you're like, all right, let's do this deal. Yeah. Did the deal, cut him a check. Tell people about your business. One of the things I love about finding out about Mattress King and all the kind of the creativity that you have going behind the scenes, um, what people do see from a customer standpoint, it is very different than I experience in a lot of markets because you are building value in the products you sell from day one. Let's take it from the, the adjustable bed commercial that you just did. Mm -hmm. So tell people about that. And it wasn't like price and item. Tell them from a creative standpoint, like paint the picture. Well, advertising, I mean, you're in the business to catch attention. I mean, you don't catch somebody's attention and you know, the adjustable beds still have that Oh, that's, that's, that's for grandpa or grandma, but I sleep on an adjustable bed and we, we use ours for TV or our little seven month old girl hangs out with us in bed. I mean, it's uh, we want to try to make adjustable beds cool. And that's what Johnny Ross and I have done. We've made these adjustable beds look cool in the commercials by being a little goofy, a little, uh, different. You do think what are so, so you're showing people the different moves you can do in the adjustable. One of them is the taco. Yeah, yeah, we did this little uh, uh, thirty-second spot where we come back with uh, uh, I think six different positions in the thirty-second spot, and we named them funny like uh, soft taco, and they did a cutaway, and then we did one where it was uh, uh, goodbye grandpa, where you know Johnny Ross is seventy-two years old and I'm thirty-five years old, and I'm sitting there telling him goodbye grandpa, you know, and he says I'm just taking a nap, you know, and he just got the head up. I'm not dying yet. Okay. <laughs> or the zero gravity. We put a little astronaut head on there and, and, uh, he says, I'm floating and, oh, it's just brilliant. You know? So you got all these positions and we give them little funny names and, uh, well, it's really done well for us actually. How so do people come in mentioning specific commercials or how do you know it's doing well? Well, this particular ad has really brought a, you know, when we just shot an ad the other day, we were trying to come up with something with the marketing company and myself and Johnny were like, we need to give people a make you want one adjustable 
commercial. And uh, so they came up with that idea, and we all went over it and shot a brilliant ad. And now, I mean, it's really, uh, I mean, you can see how many customers are coming through the door saying, we want to see that adjustable, that that goodbye, Grandpa, we think that's so funny, or the soft taco, or the astronaut. I mean, they're all coming in here mentioning the poses. And uh, it's, um, man, it's, it's, it's done very, very well for us. It's been a tremendous turnout, I feel like. But, I mean, that's the only way we, we can do it. You know, we got to increase our ticket averages. We Unfortunately, we have, you know, fewer ups through the door. And we have... Uh, uh, no other way to increase our revenue by, you know, we have to come up with ways to do it. And that, that's by getting the ticket up there. You know, you know, one thing we've talked about on the podcast in the past is if you control the language and it's, and it's vivid and specific, you're going to control the conversation. And in this case, what stands out to me is by creating these very different, but specific terms about the adjustable bed position, like the soft taco and the goodbye grandpa, Nobody else is going to be talking about that. So when somebody comes through your door, it's almost measuring that advertising medium in a way. Yeah. Yeah. No offense or buts about it. We, uh, I mean that we, we also do a lot of catchy phrases. Um, we actually just did another ad too called game of adjustable thrones to kind of give you that like, Hey, we saw that game of thrones spot. We loved it. And we know who's going to die. It's grandpa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he looks like a White Walker in the in the commercial with his bright blue eyes. Um, but yeah, I mean, everybody, we got to have some sort of feedback. I mean, it's it's hard for every salesperson to ask the customer, "Hey, the old generic, how'd you hear about us?" No, that's, that doesn't work anymore. Doesn't resonate anymore. They need to come through the front door and start mentioning that stuff and. And I feel like it, uh, they became loyal at that point. You know, they, they don't want to come in and, and reference your ad and then walk out and not buying something, you know, that might, uh, it doesn't, I don't feel like people do that. You know, they're not gonna, they're going to reference the ad and be loyal. As that. soon as I walked in, this lady flagged me down and she said, Hey, do you work here? And I'm like, not exactly. I'm, you know, I'm with Englander. But so I went over and talked to her and she goes, I was hoping to meet Johnny Ross when I came here. (laughs) Not that I don't, I don't think she was unhappy to meet you. Of course. She goes, I don't know how he does that with his arm. Oh yeah. He has this crazy and notorious, uh, like double jointed elbow where he does the circle thing and, and, uh, with his elbow. And I guess he coined that, that elbow from back in like 1990 on like 12, 12 loop 12 in Dallas, Texas area. And that's where he come up with the round elbow. So he's been a TV pitch man for, for, you know, 20 plus years. And we happened to uh, hire him for Mattress King about eight years ago. And uh, over the years, man, it's really, really benefited us. Uh, you know, the, 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 the two of us together, you know, me the, being the king and he kind of makes fun of me every once in a while. Uh, it just it gives customers a reason to watch an ad. Well, tell, tell people about the mattress shark. Um, you know, a lot of times I talk about having been involved with the greatest mattress wrap video of all time, the, oh, yeah. the get hybrid video. But I would say after seeing the mattress shark, I mean, it's up there. It's really good. Um, what was the, tell people about the concept, how that came up, like what was the thought process behind it and then what it is. Yeah. So the mattress shark, uh, you know, a lot of this stuff is all on the fly. I guess it's improv. Would you say? Yeah. 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 And uh, so a lot of these 
commercials we just think of on the fly. So uh, about two years ago, we we're like, man, we need to come up with something catchy because we just come up with this end uh, tag just west of the brothers and the others because we're right next to a big furniture company called Mathis Brothers. Uh, and, you know, that's, you can't just keep repeating the same stuff over and over again. You got to come up with something new. And I was like, man, we need to kind of kill that ad down and, and come up with something uh, a little bit more catchy. And, and, uh, I was, and Johnny goes, well, what's going on right now? I said, well, it's Shark Week. He goes, oh, I got the best thing. I'm telling you, it'll, it'll be killer. And I'm going to say, don't get bit by the mattress shark. And when I say it, you raise your hand up like this and you, you do like a fish motion with your hand and I was like yeah you sure about that and he's like I'm telling you it'll be big and uh so I was like yeah so we started doing don't get bit by the mattress shark and uh you know and then we did another segment what is a mattress shark well we all know what a mattress shark is and then the part of the segment was yeah these guys that cram a uh, memory foam mattress in a box and ship it to your door via FedEx and or you know, I mean, there's some other instances where they're you know, just trying to high pressure you into buying something you probably don't need to buy. And, and, uh, you know, just, just not, not really trying to benefit the customer at all. You know, that's what our whole goal is to get them through the front door and benefit them, uh, help them choose a nice mattress that they're going to like, give them an easy return policy. And, uh, that, 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 that we're not a mattress shark, you know? Everybody comes over here, and, and that ad, the mattress shark, was over a year ago. And uh, people still come in here and say, man, we got bit by the mattress shark over at so-and-so's. And we, we hear it all the time. I mean, at least three or four times a week. You know, so that's what uh, the mattress shark is. So Johnny was right. It, it was huge. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. I mean, well, our video, I mean, it got it got some sort of viral attention. It got 16,000 views pretty quick. But then it kind of tapered off, but I mean, it's still that's a lot of views for a YouTube video. You betcha. And people so if people want to check out some of your stuff, where's the best place? Is it Facebook, YouTube, where should yeah, you they go? You can go to uh, you can go to our website mattresskingok.com. We have a videos page that has all of our commercials on there and then you got uh, YouTube. You can just type in uh, Mattress King, Oklahoma. Uh, you'll see a lot of our, you'll end up on our page clicking through all those uh, videos uh, or Facebook. Probably YouTube and our website's going to be the easiest way to find the videos. Appreciate it. It's nice talking with the King. Yeah. Thanks. Dos Marcos Podcast. It's the greatest mattress industry podcast on the planet. Wait, isn't this the only mattress industry podcast? He's Mark Kensley. I truly felt bad for you at the time. He's Mark Quinn. I think Bigfoot was actually very pleasant. Together, they are Dos Marcos. One of the things I loved about talking to Ryan Ferris at Mattress King in Oklahoma City was that he brought the right people together to magnify the creativity that was possible. You know, he he hired a pitch man named Johnny Ross with like a double jointed elbow. Yeah, but by the way, I, I love that guy. He's so funny. I didn't realize who you were talking about. I went online and checked it out. He's totally recognizable. I don't know if it's because we live in this area, but anyway... 
Yeah, he brought Johnny Ross together. He hired a really talented agency with some incredible copywriters and you know production people and got the spark going by bringing the right people to the table. I've heard so many folks, especially in the mattress industry, talk about, well, I'm just not the creative type. And my response invariably is, well, get creative people, let them do what they do, and don't get in the way. You have to try some things. I mean, uh, it's just... It's like there's there's no room for saying there is no answer. You know, you know what I like about your story with him and how he presented it was at one point the guy said that thing about mattress shark, and then I heard in Ryan's voice is like, uh, okay, you know, <laughs> like, like almost a surrender. All because, right, let's try it. Right? Are you sure about that? <laughs> and and he did, and it ended up being great. Now it could have easily been a disaster and in, in in not worked right but that's part of it you're gonna have some of that stuff that doesn't work but i love that he just said all right let's go along for the ride see where it goes and um i don't know i guarantee his competition isn't doing that stuff they're not having fun with the consumer they're not connecting with them in any way and if you make me laugh um then you buy my attention and uh, you make me feel something, right? Which we always talk about. If you make them feel something, they'll never forget that. They will forget what you tell them. Um, and so he's not just about product, price, and promotion. He's doing something with the time I give him. <laughs> so anyway, I thought that was really cool. You know, and, and if you define kind of your creativity in a marketplace, people that try to play your game are going to suffer. I, I, there's a really cool story. I don't think I've ever told this story. Uh, but I was out visiting Trent Ranberger in Bowling Green, Kentucky at Trent Betting, him and his crew, Steve Hanner and the gang. And we were we were just going through like all these different things that Trent has done. I mean, he ha- has himself on the back of his box truck and it looks like he's holding the door open. And he's had people say like, well, that Trent guy's rude. I drove by and he wouldn't even wave at me. No. He had people call the store. And so like he does all these different things. And so he's known for his wacky commercials. And he, like we've mentioned in the past, he's been on the world's worst commercials. Like he, oh, the actual has he show. Really? I love that. And he placed like in the top 25. But one, one of the stories that Trent told me that really stood out is he has established himself as like the wacky, funny, sure. creative mattress guy. And people know him really well for that. He had a competitor that at one point, and I, and I may be screwing up the costume, but he had like an Elvis type costume or no, it was a cape. It was like a mattress man cape thing. Trying to knock Trent off yeah, a little trying bit. To, yeah. Trying to knock Trent off a little bit. He had so many people come into his store saying, where's your cape? Where's your cape? And people thought it was him because that's what he was known for. Oh, I get he it. He owned yeah. that brand position in yep. people's minds because he was the funny, creative guy that did the the interesting, memorable TV spots. But see, if you're if you're the guy who does that and tries to knock Trent off, if I'm the consumer, I'm like, yeah, man, that's you know, find your own game, right? Like in my head as a consumer, I, like that guy gets no respect for me. But I think what most people register as, oh, that was Trent. Which, yeah, you know, right. Like, it's like I've talked about in the past. If somebody comes along and they try to play your game, yeah. you are going, going to be better at it than them. No, no doubt. And I get that. And all I'm saying is, I think there's a negative too. Oh, absolutely. Because the guy got dinged, I guarantee you, by people who are like, that's not, man. Oh, he's out of business now. Yeah. 
Oh, is he really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Trent told me, I go, Where, where's this guy today? He's like, he's out of business. He got eaten up by the mattress shark. He was the mattress shark. He was. Okay. There you go. But yeah, I mean, and that's, that's kind of the imperative today. It's like bring the right creative people to the table, let them do their thing. Not being creative is, is just not an excuse. You got to find them. So I'm listening to a podcast I have to share with you. Um, and mowing the lawn and I'm into this podcast and they tell this story about creativity and I loved it. And so back in the day, I want to tell you, this was when I was in Chicago, maybe 20 years ago, there was a album, album, what do you call it? Like a album, right? A record? CD, a record, record back then, yeah. a CD, it was a CD back then, uh, by a guy named uh, Keith Jarrett. And, um, I listened to it probably two or three times a week on the weekends, uh, cooking dinner. I didn't really know anyone. I was living in downtown. And so, you know, I cooked dinner by myself and listened to music. Anyway, so I'm listening. I, I loved this concert. It was called the Koln Concert, K-O-L-N. So anyway, as I'm listening to this podcast, this guy starts telling this story about the Koln Concert. You ready for this? And I'm going to get some of this wrong, so forgive me, but... Um, cause I was mowing the lawn. I didn't have the pen, Kinsley. I couldn't write it down, but, um, so like an 18 year old promoter in Cologne, Germany, we've been there, uh, was putting together a concert and Keith Jarrett was the performer. Well, Keith was a freak about details, right? So temperature of the auditorium, the type of seating, everything, what time he went on, what was in his green room for food. He was really, really detail focused. And so, um, there was supposed to be a fancy Steinway piano for Keith to play. And so that didn't make it. It didn't show up. Um, and so um, he said, forget it. I'm not playing. Like, that's my instrument, right? I'm not going to play. Well, this poor girl who I think it was her first concert, she's like, listen, we've got a thousand people coming here in a few hours and you need to play. I can't, like, I, I'm sorry that your piano isn't here, but this isn't going to work. We can't not go on. He says, forget about it, leaves the building, goes out to his car. It's raining, pouring rain, as I understand this story. She follows him, banging on the window. He rolls down. She makes this plea so dramatically and so convincingly that Keith says, okay, fine, I'll do it, but only for you. I just want you to remember this. Look at me. I want you to remember only for you. So he goes in. Apparently, Kinsley, this piano is not only not a grand, beautiful, deluxe Steinway piano. It The keys stick in some parts of it. The upper part of the register isn't even in tune, so they had to spend hours like trying to tune it. And it was just this really crappy piano. And so here's this guy that's going to go on and give this concert. Apparently, he has to rethink how he's going to play and he has to play much differently than he would if he was on a different piano. That concert, which was recorded, is the most listened to and the most successful jazz piano concert of all time, selling over 3.5 million copies. And here's a guy who had a complete disaster on his hand, did not want to do it. He had to rethink everything on the spot. He did it. Um, and, and he came out of it like with this amazing piece of work. And I just think about that story and how many times we are dealt a bad hand and we can't figure out a way forward. But man, it's those times that real magic can happen, don't you think? 
I love that it was jazz as well. I mean, because you think improvisation, about improvisation right? and you think about knowing your scales and once you know your scales, you can travel outside of them and things can resolve in very, um, in ways that feel complete to the listener. So, you know, if, if, if the keys are sticking and the pedals didn't work and he had to rethink, you know, the upper register and not traveling up there, you know, you go outside of it and people are like, oh, this is jazz and this is just an innovative new way of playing jazz or a different take on it. And then he figured out ways for, for things to resolve themselves. So what a, what a great lesson. Like you said, like you got dealt a bad hand, but you know what you're working with and you know your constraints. So get as creative as possible within this sandbox that's in front of you. This is your sandbox. This is the amount of sand. This is how big it is. Now you can be as creative as you want. But it's mental game too, isn't it? I mean, because here, Keith, and he was already there. He's like in the car, like, I'm out because I'm not going to subject myself to what will most likely be a fail. But he, he says, okay. And through the passion of this girl uh, pitching him on, please come back. So there's some empathy from him. So good on him. Uh, and maybe he was getting rewarded for doing a kindness to her and not leaving her in the lurch, right? Uh, but also for him and, and, um, putting yourself out there and just going, all right, okay, this is, this sucks. I mean, it's horrible. Uh, it is a bad hand, but, um, we're going to do it anyway. And just having that mindset, that strong mental game of saying, Hey, we got this, you know, this may not be as bad as we think. Um, yes, we have less money to advertise with. We have to make our message that much better. Right. Um, yes, the products that we were supposed to have didn't arrive. We'll have to shift and sell others. Uh, yes, the product that we had was supposed to ship to market. It didn't get there. We'll figure out a different thing to do with that space. There's all kinds of things that people have to go through. Um, I just like it. I think there's no excuses, right? You have to, you have to force yourself through and another podcast I listened to today or the other day was something that this guy said. He says, you can't change your situation, right? A lot of times you're dealt, whatever you're dealt, you can't change it. So work it. And the only answer is failure is not an option. It's literally that mindset. And there's also the evolution of that, that mindset, which is, I've heard it from a variety of different people, but it's just this idea of saying, good, no matter what comes your way, right. say, good. Like all of your inventory, you know, that was supposed to be out on the shelves for, for this week didn't show up. Good. Fine. Good. We get to we get to figure out a way to be more creative and maybe sell some of the stuff that's been stuck in the back. Let's get busy. Good. We get to exercise our creativity. We get to build our team tighter because of it. Good. Like look at everything and say good. I mean, what's what's the option? What's the other option? Pissing and moaning. Right. And that guy I was telling you about a minute ago. Good. Had a, I can set the expectations more clearly for my supplier next right. time. Good. That's right. Something something positive has to come from that. Um, I wrote a blog today on relationships, and uh, Leo Echevarria, a uh, friend of mine, used to work at Serta. Uh, what did you just say? Echevarria. It's I probably pronounced it wrong. Sorry, Leo. Last name. But, that's the last name. Uh-huh, that's okay. Got gotcha. you. I just I didn't know what you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> that's his last name. Okay. I did. Cool. Leo. Gotcha. Leo. Actually, but anyway, great guy, uh, friends with him for a long time, worked with him at sort of, and it was all about relationships. And, um, so I use my marriage and my wedding anniversary today to kind of spring into that discussion and saying in that, 
um, if your business relationships were like your marriage, would you say I do all over again? And his comment was, well, yes, even though I know that it isn't going to work out, you know, all the pain or the stuff that I learned coming through that um, made me who I am and it got me to where I'm at. And so I love that comment from Leo. I think that uh, that's so true. And it's kind of what we're talking about, right? It's whatever you're dealing with, the crap that's on your plate, what are you going to do with it? Forget what it is. What are you going to do with it? Yeah. And it's like, even what he was talking about, I mean, it's a chance for him to say, I know what worked. I know what didn't work. So I'm going to redirect myself differently in the future based on who I am today and what I know now. But there's no way for you to know unless, unless you went through it. There's no doubt. It's it's anything. I mean, it's, uh, we, I mentioned this in the past, but I have a friend who's, he just says yes to anything. He's like, well, let's do it. We'll make it better. Like, let's get in there and go and we'll make it better. And we'll learn along the way. I I may have told the story of, of going to a meeting without shoes. All right, Grandpa, here we go. Did, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't know if you told it. I, I Did I not I, tell you that story? I think I, I, I think I've Because you have a story like this. So I don't know if we were doing this on a microphone and telling this story for a podcast. So if we have, you can just fast forward to this part. I went to a meeting Sunday night. First thing Monday morning, I had the meeting at 8 o'clock. <laughs> And Sorry. I forgot my shoes. Literally had no shoes. I had tennis shoes, but I was in a suit. So you can't wear, you know. So I went to the meeting with no shoes. And um, so I was waiting for people. Do you know that not a single person commented on the fact that I, I guess you don't look at feet, right? Uh, normally you're like eye level with people. and you're like, Anyway, I did the meeting without <laughs> shoes on. And I made the whole point of details matter and you know you guys didn't even notice and i'm not wearing and i tried to turn it into something that was relevant to the meeting and i guarantee you every one of those guys remembered that meeting with the dummy that didn't have shoes and i don't think i ever came clean and said i just forgot them forgot to pack them i I made it part of the deal but anyway i just imagine you as like you remember will ferrell and that yes where he's wearing the american flag oh yeah 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 (laughs) Just walking around like everything's normal. Yeah. Hey, hey Jan, how you doing? Did you have a good weekend? <laughs> so, Did you at one point like at least put your foot up on the table? No. Yeah. At say, some point, I go look down. I have no shoes, and they were like, "Holy crap, this guy's got no shoes." So you have you you've had a situation like that where you went into something, and you were dealt a bad hand. Like, can you think of an example where you just had to like pivot and improv- improvise and just say the hell with it? We're gonna. Oh, your your t-shirt cannon story. T-shirt cannon stories one. Yeah. 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 I was at the Furniture Today leadership conference speaking and I had taken a t-shirt cannon to shoot Dos Marcos podcast t-shirts out into the crowd. And I was practicing ahead of time when nobody was in the room to try and get the right rainbow going for the t-shirt arc. And as soon as I pulled the trigger on the t-shirt cannon, uh, your face and my face on a t-shirt went supermaning into a chandelier. Ooh. And it got stuck up on top of it. Look, luckily, it didn't break it. And I never could get it right. I actually shot two T-shirts up into the same chandelier. Hotel staff comes in. They say, you got to get that thing out of here. And I mean, I fought them tooth and nail. And I was like, please, like, you don't understand. This is part of my speech and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, finally, she came back. She goes, they're going to fire me if you don't. 
Get that out of here. Like you can't. And shoot you that then said, if they fire you, they fire you. I this, said, let's this go cannon's... down together, sister. No, <laughs> this, I said this cannon's going I off, said, baby. Okay, I had to like I had to make my case, but I don't want any you to have any trouble. I was mm. like, I have a plan. And so what I did is is I just took the t-shirt cannon, hit it, and then whenever it was time for me to quote unquote shoot the t-shirt cannon. I like was looking down the barrel like it was broken and kind of made it a whole thing. You know what I mean? And uh, then in the middle of my speech, I pointed up and said, hey, I shot it into the chandelier and it looks like a big giant dead moth up there. No, that's our T-shirt. And so I just kind of had fun with it, tossed out T-shirts and just went with it. So the moral of that story and the whole thing is don't worry uh, when things aren't going right. There's there's an answer. There's a way out. Go with it. Um, if you resist, it will persist, right? So don't fight it. Just go with it. And um, yeah, man, I mean, you never know. You could come out of it really excited and, with and a something good, better. A good attitude to have too, or a good maybe practice is a better word, is something that we've talked about in the past. And we, we joke around about this, but it really is a useful tool. And it is the yes and mentality of uh, comedy teams. So whenever two people are on stage you always take the one person's idea and you build on it. So if they're like, yeah, we're going to be cowboys and our horses are rushing toward a cliff, you know, the next person says, yes, and the horses have parachutes on. Yes, and you know, and you're going with it. It's not like, oh, no, hold on, wait a minute. No, like, why would they be running at a cliff? You never question anything. So when you're thinking about these problems that are right in front of you, building on each other's ideas is, is at least going to give you a broad menu to choose from. So say yes and, build the ideas, come up with the options. No matter how crazy, right. And then you'll be able to, then you'll get past the obvious answers to something meaningful that's going to solve your problem. It's gonna I happen. love that. That's good stuff. All right, well, listen, um, if you haven't heard it, uh, go check it out. The Colne Concert by Keith Jarrett. It's uh, fantastic music. Uh, also, my thanks to Joe Rogan, Aubrey Marcus, couple of the podcasts uh yeah that were you know they're they're like us we're all podcasters you know we all go to the same parties we go to the same parties that's all good yeah the same people and uh so they have a podcasters club that you normally go to and they usually save spots for us at dinner you know what they don't have this song right here you can bounce on it What is a hybrid? It's like peanut butter jelly, peanut butter chocolate. Hybrid so tight, there's no way that you could topple it. Hybrid on my wrist, that's a calculator watch. We add ourselves together and we take it up a notch. Got the airflow, yo, keep you cool as it get. Visco foam alone to make you drip sweat. Get a hybrid mattress, yes, you'll get better rest. Cool and comfortable, hybrid like a sweater vest. You know the game, we're ahead of it, son. Cause the two of us together are way better than one. Cause I'm cool. Cool as ice, and I'm hot like a heater. Bounce by the ounce, now we got it by the leader. Well, you take a spring and you wrap it up right. You can sleep so smooth, or bounce all night. Yeah. Put two together, get a whole lot more. Get the feel of the comfort core. You can bounce on it. Lay back, you don't have to practice. The best thing to happen to your mattress. Get together to do it like I did. Everybody get high. If you want somebody to get in your vicinity, you probably want to feel a little bit of a hybridity. Foam alone, 
out of five, maybe one star. Springs and foam, we're taking care of that lumbar. Mad back support, the best way to shack up or just get rest that won't mess your back up. Like a hot chick mixed with a particle physicist or a mullet. Party in the back of the business. Best of both worlds like Mars and Venus. The ultimate hybrid. Nothing short of cheap. Keeping it loose while keeping it tight We can make you sleep or play all night Put two together, get a whole lot more Get the feel of a comfort core You can bounce on it No stopping when the beat gets played back Springs keep it popping, phone keeps it laid back Party over here, get invited Everybody get high Right, listen, doesn't matter if your kitchen is charming when your bedroom's the most important part of the apartment. What kind of bed do you keep back there? Does your girl want to chill on a beanbag chair? Hell no! You need springs and foam, cause if that bowling ball don't bounce, you'll be sleeping alone. And if the bed don't react, then you can't get low. We, we got, got that type of bounce, bounce that won't spill your Merlot. So stick with us and you'll get rewarded. Cause I'm so gentle and I'm so supportive. Is where the magic is And we just killed a song about mattresses, mattresses.